I'd invite you to take your copy of the Lord's Word this morning and turn to Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7 this morning as we talk about who is a minister. Who is a minister? Now obviously, as you're looking at me this morning, you say, well, you're a minister, right? You're a pastor. Well, yes, but the word used for minister is found beyond just the pastor, and it's found here in Acts chapter number 6 this morning. Our main statement is this, is ministry is being the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus to his people. And if you want to add also, and to the world, that would work too. But ministry is being the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus to his people. In the book of the Acts, this is the record of the early church. As the church first got started and ministry began to happen, that is, people began to be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus because Jesus, at the beginning of the book of Acts, ascends into heaven and the disciples are standing there on the Mount of Olives and they're looking up into the clouds and they're thinking, wow, what is to be? And two angels appear, you know the story, and say, listen, this Jesus that is now ascended in the same way he has ascended, he will one day return, but for you now, go and tell his story. But when we get to Acts chapter 6, here's what has happened. The church has grown. In fact, the church grew exponentially. Um, some estimate that probably that Acts chapter 6 occurs somewhere between three and five years after Pentecost. So there has been a significant influx and increase in followers of Jesus. So the ministry has grown. So we pick up our story here. It says, now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word, interesting, it's ministry of the word, literally, the preaching of the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute or reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer in the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole congregation or pleased the whole gathering and they chose Stephen a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit and Philip and Procurus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmeus and Nicholas a proselyte of Antioch these they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them and the word of God <coughs> <clears throat> continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So who is a minister is our question. The answer of what ministry is, is ministry is being the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus 
to his people. So what does ministry look like? Well, it looks like several different things. First, we are told about the preaching of the word, and that is later called the ministry of preaching here in this passage. But then there's also a ministry of caring for the needs of the church. So ministry is not just one thing and not another. Ministry is being the whole person of Jesus to his people. I have friends of mine that we have different understandings of what it means to be the pastor of a church. Um, For instance, I have a friend of mine that believes that he as the pastor is called to the church, and to that I say amen. But he understands the staff and the staff ministers as being there to help fulfill his purpose and mission. So for instance, hiring and firing of people is not that big of a deal because it is his ministry there that they're helping him carry out. And he's a great guy, but I disagree with that approach. What that says, unknowingly to people, if a pastor just hires and fires people as he, you know, the wind blows or whatever, is he is inadvertently telling the people, the only person called to be here is me. And everyone else that works here works for me. And that's just not the picture of what I see in the New Testament. And just even in my own life, even as a youth minister before, and I served for a short time as a minister of music, but as a youth minister and as a staff minister, I believed that God had called me to those places, that it wasn't just I was going to go and work alongside a pastor, but that I was called to be a minister at that church. So God's calling goes beyond just one person. It certainly goes beyond just me. God is working in all of us. As you look here, I'm not just one pastor here. There are other pastors here. But then again, the ministry is still beyond the capability of just me and the other staff ministers and staff members. The ministry goes beyond what any of us can do because there are a lot of you and Here's the thing, we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, I can't always be there for you, but God willing, somebody here in this church needs to be. Um, Because we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus to each other. And this is where our story begins. First, I want you to see this verse. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, I love this designation because it directly implies that it's not always this way. It's not always this way. First of all, when a church is increasing and growing, we give thanks and say, thank you, God, because it doesn't always have to be this way. But to think that the church is always growing exponentially, church history tells us differently. And let's not be so shallow to say that God only works when numbers are up, because God's at work, read the Old Testament, when numbers or even down, and just a remnant remains in some situations in the Old Testament. But the special times of growth do call for special opportunities, which brings us to this moment today. What is ministry? Well, the first is this, and who is a minister, is ministry pushes the darkness back. 
Ministry pushes the darkness back. Think about where this fledgling church made up of Jewish believers in the early days now finds itself. Here it is in the Middle East on the outskirts of, at the time, the greatest empire the world had seen up until that point. Here they are, are on the outskirts in the Middle East, and God is doing this special work in Jerusalem. And as the darkness begins to push back, and the rest of the book of Acts, in fact, in the next few chapters, we're going to see how Philip is going to go down on the road and meet with the Ethiopian eunuch. We're going to see how Paul and Barnabas are going to be set aside to carry the gospel up into Antioch and then Asia and ultimately Europe. We're going to see how other missionaries, how Peter was used to reach the Gentiles there in Israel. The darkness begins to be pushed back. Now, I don't want to in any way denigrate the importance of preaching the word of God because it's clear from this passage it's clear from this passage that the preaching of the word of God is of utmost importance because it was the reason the apostles said we need help because we don't need to sacrifice our time in the word but also the inverse is true we don't need to sacrifice ministering to the people on the altar of the word. And we don't need to sacrifice the ministry of the word on the altar of the people. So how do you do that? You carry along with you and appoint others to help you carry out the mission, which is exactly what they did. I want you to see this today is deacons are ministers deacons are ministers look down in verse number one now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number a complaint by the hellenists arose against the hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution now the daily distribution is talking about the food that at this time to make sure all of the people were fed they would have lived in Jerusalem to make sure all the needs were met. There was a collective offering given, a collection for food, and they were distributing to those who had need. But this distribution is a ministry. What it literally says in the original language, it does not say distribution. That's meant for us to help understand the kind of thing that was happening, but specifically the word here is the same word that you find down in verse number four when it says we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of <clears throat> the word. That word ministry is the same word distribution. In the original language, they are not different. They are exactly identical. So I want to reread to you verse number one for you to hear what deacons are being called to. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily ministry. This is the word that is used. Deacons 
Yes, are being called upon to serve these women at the tables, but that service is called ministry. Ministry. Deacons are ministers. They are an extension, in this case, of the apostles and of the preachers because the hands and the feet of Jesus must go and must reach. It must take place, and the disciples know this, so they call upon these, the church to appoint these men. Also, the next thing I want you to see is this, is that when ministry takes place, problems will arise. When ministry takes place, <clears throat> problems will arise. So, deacons arose from a problem. You see here what's going on. The Greek widows are being neglected by the Jewish widows. Most likely, the women, these were all Jewish women, but the ones that spoke Greek were being neglected to favor those who would have spoken Aramaic. And some of these ladies were getting special attention. Now, it comes as no shock to me that and this is not meant to be a sexist comment, but it comes as no shock to me that we hurry here about this report. Because if this is happening, it's been my experience that the women of God will let you know. And thus we see it here. It's a real problem. So when ministry takes place, problems will arise. People are getting saved. People are being called out to go to the mission field. Lives are being transformed. And all this amazing stuff has taken place. And then somebody said, you skipped my mama at dinner time the other day. And I saw it. And it doesn't sit well with me. So how do you deal with said person? Well, you say, listen, the kingdom of God is not about your mama having dinner. Get your head out of the clouds and focus on more important stuff. Your mom needs to get over her wants and her needs. This is about Jesus and his church. Unfortunately, that's how so many respond. What does the church do? They hear about the needs and they say, oh, well, something's got to be done about this. Because if the preaching of the word is going to take place and God's going to bless that, we cannot neglect our widows. This is the heart. Look at the tenderness of the early church. Somebody brings up a need and says, hey, listen, I'm just so concerned about that and I'm worried about this that, you know what, my mother's not getting what she needs or my sister's not getting what she needs or I'm not getting what I need. Instead of telling these people to hush and focus on more important things, the disciples listened. Oh my goodness. Somebody write a book on that. The disciples listened to the people and God honored that. Deacons arose from a problem. God brought about this special office from a problem. So what appears as a problem in the beginning, you really don't know. God may be doing something very special. Let me tell you why it's such an honor to be called a deacon in a Baptist church. 
Because to the best of our ability, we try to mimic what we find in the Word of God, of how deacons are appointed. They are appointed from amongst the congregation. In fact, look in verse number 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Notice what is said. It's not to the apostles, go find men to help you. It's to the congregation. You set aside these men in order to carry out this work. You know, to be a deacon in a Baptist church is such an incredible honor. You know how you become the pastor of a Baptist church? The way you become the pastor of a Baptist church, or at least in most cases, is you deal with this thing called the pastor search committee, which is made up of sometimes three. Some, one time I heard of a one person. That, that's good. But uh, three, and then sometimes it's five, sometimes it's seven. Uh, typically it's an odd number. Sometimes it's an even. But seven people have to believe, five people have to believe, three, whatever you fill in the blank, that you indeed are called by God and then you are taken and presented to the church and you preach typically a trial sermon and then the church votes after that. And when a church votes on the candidate, the church is almost always voting on their confidence in the committee. That's the way it works. Sometimes there are exceptions, but it's almost always voting on their confidence in the committee. But how do you become a deacon? You see, for, for me to be presented as a pastor to First Baptist Church, there were four people on the committee. Four. To become a deacon of First Baptist Church, you have to receive many nominations from your friends and peers. I only had four. To be a deacon, there are many people that you are looking at and believing, wow, God really is moving in the life of this person. Now, why do I point this out? What I'm saying to the men here today and the men who have been ordained and the men in the room who also serve as deacons here at First Baptist, whether active or inactive, it is a privilege to serve as a deacon because it means your peers believe in you. The people who know you best entrust you with the ministry of the word. What a privilege it is to serve the Lord's church as a deacon. The third thing is this. Ministry is the job of one person, and his name is Jesus. We are his body to carry out his the ministry is the job of one person, and it's not me, it's not Matt, it is Jesus. We are his body to carry out his work. Further stated, deacons carry out the mission of the church and extend the ministry of pastors. It is not, as a reminder to myself, to say, well, oh, all I need to do is preaching, and then other people can do the hands-on stuff. 
Well, no, because the implication is the pastors and the apostles and the elders that were already doing both of these things before the deacons came along. So certainly they wouldn't have shut that off. And if you read 1 Peter 5, I am to shepherd the flock of God among me. So again, I am called to do both things. But deacons help extend the reach of the hands of our Lord and extend his feet. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 20 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. All of us collectively are the body of Christ and must minister to each other. For you men here today, you are being set aside specifically to be the hands and the feet of Christ to this congregation. Don't take that lightly, and I know you won't. For the other deacons in this room, don't take that lightly. You are literally Jesus' hands and his feet, extending the good work which takes place here because of what Jesus is doing. So now as we come to this time of ordination, this is a time where these men are going to be. They've been set apart by you. And last week, we had an opportunity, or actually it was two weeks ago, we had an opportunity to pray over these men privately amongst the deacons. But we also want it to take place in front of you so you can see these men prayed over and set apart. Our deacon chairman and the former chairman will be here today praying over these men as well as some of these brothers have family who are here who will also pray over them today and also our pastors at this time will come and will pray at this time i would invite each of the deacon brothers to come at this time and with your wife and sit here in the front and then i'd ask other ministers and those who are part of this time to come forward and as for the rest of the congregation, here's what you can do. Is you can pray as you see these men in front of you that God would use them to be his hands and feet at First Baptist Church. That God would protect them, God would empower them, and God would bless them.